Welcome, everybody. Hockey in the classroom. My name is Matt Wallace. I'll be your co-host all season. Uh, joined by Tony Ringette. Tony, how are you doing today? What's good, Wally? Good, uh, good, good chatting with you. I'm looking forward to talking a little, little college hockey this season. Uh, on the NHL side, hoping my stars pick it up a little bit and learn how to put the puck back in the net. But um, we, I know there are a lot of, a lot of teams in college hockey that aren't having that problem already this season. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, side note, I hope your stars pick it up too for my sake in fantasy hockey. Uh, but great point. Uh, college hockey is underway as of last week. Um, you know, we're excited. I'm sure the fans are excited. College hockey's back. Um, you know, what's, what, what are the things that you're kind of looking forward to this season before we kind of dive in here? You know, I think there are a lot of really, really good, like, like we used to have in the older days where it was, you know, BCBU, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, North Dakota. It's, it's really all over the board and you're seeing a lot of non, I guess, traditional hockey schools becoming a lot more national tender contenders. Um, and it's really all around the country uh, and big 10 NCHC, uh, ECAC hockey East. It's, it's a great array of different teams and some incredible players. Oh uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I'm definitely excited for it. I think the competition, like you said, it's not just the, the power schools anymore. Uh, with the North Dakotas, the Michigans, the Minnesotas. I mean, we're looking across the board, um, even some of the smaller schools. I mean, Arizona State, the newest uh, club, not, a, what, three years ago now. Um, I mean, they're turning heads. They got they got players on that roster. Um, you know, Penn State, uh, another, uh, you know, another team that came into the league, Big Ten now. Uh, you know, they turned heads, I think, what, after their first season – um, so, I mean, it's, it, I agree with you. It's across the board. It's going to make college hockey, I think, fun this year. Uh, it's going to make getting into the Frozen Four more exciting for the fans, um, you know, as we get closer and closer to that date. Um, but, I mean, so let's, let's just dive in here. I mean, we're, we're going to knock out some conferences here, uh, you know, talk some college hockey, uh, you know, and we're going to be with you guys all year round. Uh, bringing you guys the insights, uh, what's going on in college hockey. I mean, Tony, let's let's start it off in the Big Ten. What are what are we seeing here in the Big Ten that we think you know that could th- uh, could stand out? You know, there are going to be a lot of goals scored, um, and and I wonder about the defense being played. Um, Penn State is returning a ton of offense. They're returning about eighty two percent of their scoring from last year. Um, from a team that was already one of the top scoring teams in the country. So, I mean, you, you have to figure they're probably at the top for many people on the best team in the Big Ten. Um, but a team that I'm really, really interested in seeing is Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin has some incredible offense. They have some incredible young talent. Maybe the best one-two punch in the country when it comes to freshmen um, with Cole Caulfield and then uh, Alex Chercott. Um could honestly be a candidate for Hobie. I think the kid is that good. Um, but with Wisconsin, as we saw last weekend, um, are they going to be able to stop anyone? Um, they've got some good good guys on their on their blue line, but in net, that's where I have some serious questions with the Badgers. Um, Notre Dame is going to be great. I mean, all we have to say is Kale Morris, right? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> they lost uh, three of their top four scorers, but I mean – they still return a really solid cast. And then when you have a, 
uh, goalie like Kale Morris. Again, I mentioned Cole Caulfield as a Hobie Baker possible candidate there. I think Kale Morris is another one. No, I totally agree. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, the big time is definitely going to be, I think, more competitive than it has been um, in the recent years when they formed the big time in college hockey. Um, you know, I think I'll uh, regret if I didn't say Caulfield, a uh, Canadian uh, draft pick there. Um, you know, man, lights out kid, uh, putting up numbers already the first weekend. I mean, I don't disagree with you, this kid. Uh, is going to bring a lot of energy uh, down in Madison. But, I mean, you go down. I mean, the Big Ten right now is not big uh, conference-wise uh, in college hockey, but does it bring a lot of talent? I mean, Wisconsin, like you said, Penn State. Penn State, since joining at the Division One level, um, the offense has just been, I mean, short of amazing. Uh, I mean, they just – they lighted up the lamp, you know, week in and week out. Uh, and they, every year it just seems like they get better, uh, despite losing some seniors, um, you know, every year. It just seems like they're able, you know, the next guys fall in. Uh, one team, though, I'm excited to kind of see in the Big Ten. Um, they had a good run last year, and I think it kind of just fell short, is Ohio State. I think Ohio State could contend for a top-two spot in the Big Ten. Um, they got a couple of good guys out there uh, that can light the lamp. Um you know, it, it'll be interesting. They they did have a good goaltender, uh, but like I said, at the end of the last season, it just kind of fell off the rails. I'm hoping that with that seniority now, uh, with a, a good season under their belt last year, I think Ohio State could really turn this into a, into a special season. The Big Ten's going to be fun to watch this year. And Ohio State didn't really lose a ton of players from that team. And, I mean, I think uh, that Tanner Lashinsky is – another huge year and he's another guy who could we be talking about him in March for, for Hobie Baker? I, no, I definitely agree. Uh, I mean, there's one team that I think, you know, if I had to pick a sleeper for the big 10 would be Michigan state. Um, and that's not just because Michigan state really hasn't had that, that, that kind of season since the CCHA days with like Tory Krug and the Chelios brothers. Um, but I mean, you know, you can't count a Michigan school out in college hockey. I mean, am I right there? Um, you know, they're they're definitely rebuilding, and they have been in a rebuilding stage, but they got guys that can go to the lab. They're not a terrible squad out there. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm looking for Michigan State to be kind of a sleeper here. You know, they're going to they're gonna make the rest of this Big Ten and some of their non-conference teams and their schedule. They're going to they're gonna make them work. Um, so, you know, don't sleep on, big, uh, on Michigan State here. Michigan State will come out and play, um, you know, the Michigan-style hockey that we're all accustomed to seeing. Yeah, there's there's a t- that state. No, I definitely agree. I mean, let's switch gears a little. All right, who do who do you, who do you think is going to win the Big Ten uh, this year? My pick, Big Who's Ten. You know, I'm I'm kind of between here, Penn State and Wisconsin, but I'm leaning towards Wisconsin right now. Just, uh, but you know, your your concern is my concern. Can they play defense? Uh, in the recent years, defense has been a little bit better part of their game and this year at least in the first weekend last week uh defense was not there um so i'm i'm really curious can they turn that around can they can they get that defense locked down on the blue line i mean it's no you know it's obvious they can score so we don't have to worry about the offense on that part can they can they help the goaltender out and, and get the puck out uh and get a good transition game out of their out of their zone that's going to be the the question here, but I do think Wisconsin, if I had to pick Wisconsin will be 
a contender. But let's not sleep on Notre Dame. Notre Dame, you know, let's remember just joined the Big Ten. What was it last season? Notre Dame, Notre Dame has great teams year in and year out. Jeff Jackson, uh, you know, just knows college hockey. Um, now I've been saying that for years. Uh, Notre Dame's going to come out here and, and like la- the last season, try to run the table a little bit. Um, but I think Wisconsin, uh, like I said, gets that defense locked down, helps out that goaltender. Uh, you know, it's only, you know, how can you not pick Wisconsin to win the Big Ten and make a good push for the Frozen Four? Here's a question. What would be a higher scoring game, Wisconsin, Penn State, and hockey or football? <laughs> I don't know. Is uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, playing center for me? No, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Big Ten. Hey, what? Big Ten hockey is going to be fun. It is. It really is. I think it's going to be a very exciting year in the Big Ten. Uh, let's switch gears here a little bit and let's uh, let's kind of work our way into the ECAC. Um, a conference, you know, my opinion doesn't get a lot of praise in college hockey outside a couple of the teams here. But I mean, it's a big conference here. And, you know, there's there's some good squads. Uh, I mean, just to, to rat off a couple here, Clarkson's always in the top 15. Uh, Clarkson, another good squad, uh, played, uh, I believe, at Yost last weekend and got the W. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong there, but Clarkson's a good squad. Um, you know, same with Quinnipiac. Uh, St. Lawrence here and there can, can really put a good team together. And then let's not forget like some of the, you know, like Yale and Harvard, you know, those, those are teams that can come out here and, and really, uh, you know, surprise some people out here in, in college hockey. I mean, what are we looking at for the ECAC this year? Yeah, I feel the ECAC is always a very, I guess, I mean, being from more of the Western side of the United States an overlooked conference, but it always has some really, really incredible teams um, that compete for national championships. Um, the team I really look at out of the ECAC this year is probably Cornell. Um, I think you hit it. I think Clarkson's going to be really good. I think Harvard, Quinnipiac um, are going to be some of the top dogs. But I think Cornell on paper looks to be the class of the conference. Um, they're returning most of their production from a year ago, but all, they do have some question marks on their back end. Um, they did lose a trio of D-men uh, this past year, but that's, that's kind of who I like out of the, out of the ECAC. But again, it's always really good hockey, and it's always. I agree. Uh, if I had to pick a team ECAC that I'm looking at, it's definitely Clarkson. Um, you know, seeing them play a couple years ago live, um, and obviously it's not the same team that we're going to see this year, but, you know, the, the form hopefully will be the same. I mean, they're a team that likes to, you know, they're going to try to rough you up a little bit. They're going to try to hit you. They're going to try to get you off the puck. Um, but they do got that speed on that team um, that can create that separation. Uh, you know, what I like about the ECAC that I think kind of goes under the radar uh, from some of these power power schools that we have in college hockey is, uh, and if you watch some of these games, some of the puck movements, some of the, you know, the strategic going behind in the offensive zone. Uh, I love the puck moving in ECAC hockey. Um, you know, it's it, it makes the offense fun to watch. Uh, you know, the, the puck possession and, you know, ECAC hockey is not something to sleep on. Uh, but if, like I said, uh, Clarkson's definitely who I got in the front runner here. I like your pick Cornell, another school that I, I definitely, definitely hear about in college hockey. Um, and then recently, you know, in the years past, Quinnipiac has really been a solid squad. You know, last year, I think it was a bit of a down year, losing quite a few guys. Um, but I'm looking for Quinnipiac to kind of bounce back here and, and kind of get back in the in that form of, you know, frozen four hockey here. 
Oh, no doubt. I think this is a conference that could could easily send three, four teams to the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done. One team I want to talk about, um, I guess not from a good sense, but just a straight-up unlucky sense would be Union. Um, this summer, losing Jack Adams, so he was he had a tore his knee up um, in, I think it was Red Wings development camp, um, lost him for the season, and then had another player go sign a pro contract in Belfast. So, I mean, to have those two losses during the summer – that's just that's just tough, but I mean, it, Union's a great program that I think give them a year or two and they'll be right back in the hunt. No, I agree. It's definitely two big losses there. I mean, but you know, that's unfortunate. You know, these kids that go to the development camps, you know, they want to get recognized that they have not been drafted or signed, and the ones that have been drafted, you know, are obviously going to make a name for themselves, saying, "Hey, you know, in a couple of years, once I'm done here, I want you, I want to be playing for you." You know, that's unfortunate of those injuries. And then the kid that, you know, going out there signing his pro contract, you know, good for him. Uh, at the end of the day, we want to see these see these guys go on, you know, past college hockey and play pros, whether it's in the NHL, AHL, ECHL, or, or out overseas. Um, you know, good for him for taking a shot. Hopefully that works out for him. But, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a killer for Union going into this year. Uh, hopefully they can kind of rebound, put a good squad together. I mean – I mean, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Goss Bear come from Union? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, so they're they're not shy of you know they got they got players out there that you know are, are making their way to the uh, to the NHL. So, uh, you know, Union, hey, hang in there. Um, I think you guys are going to bounce back. ECAC hockey is going to be a good good run this year. A lot of good squads. Uh, and, you know, we're excited to see how that forms out this year. Um, okay, Tony, let's just let's keep it going here. We got a good we got a good pace here. Uh, let's let's talk a little hockey east. You know, hockey east, we got some of our power hockey. You know, you ask someone who doesn't follow college hockey, but they might hear about it. This is where you might hear a lot of your names: Boston College, Boston University, Maine, UMass Lowell. I mean, what what are what are you looking at for hockey east here? Hockey East is going to be really good again, and I think a lot of that stems from the fact that I think BU and BU are going to come back from disappointing uh, disappointing seasons last year. I mean, you look at the amount of guys that both of them got with um, out of the development program coming in this year, always really strong, strong kids um, with a lot of talent. Um, BC, they had a really great weekend last week. They beat Colgate, but they also beat Wisconsin pretty pretty handily um, in a very high scoring game. Um, shocker, as we were talking about Wisconsin earlier. Um, but I, I think BCBU um, and UMass are probably the three I look at as, and I guess you could probably throw Northeastern in there as well as the four that I looked at are probably going to be atop the top, the hockey East standings, but this is a conference again. I mean, throwing Providence in the mix, you could probably get anywhere four to six teams that are going to compete for an NCAA tournament bid. And that doesn't include winning the conference. Uh, tournament. No, I agree. Uh, hockey East has always been, and I think will always be one of the top conferences in college hockey. Um, you nailed it on the head. I mean, Boston College, Boston University, I mean, that rivalry dates back God knows how long. Um, and it's it's a fun rivalry game to watch. Um, but this whole conference is watching I me. Mean, you want to watch classic college hockey, you come, come to Hockey East, watch a Hockey East game, uh, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. I mean, it's a fast-paced game. I mean, these kids light the lamp like no other. Uh, and, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, I mean, a ton of kids from hockey East are playing pro hockey right now. Um, you know, and, and it's not just the Boston College, Boston University. Uh, you know, last year we had Massachusetts with uh, Kale McCarr. 
uh, I mean, talk about a defenseman now playing for Colorado. Uh, Avalanche there. I mean, kid just kids got wheels for days. Smart defenseman. Uh, UMass Lowell always got a solid squad. Always, always quick, uh, lighting the lamp. Um, and then, like you said, you can't sleep on Northeastern. Northeastern and Providence, uh, even Vermont. Vermont's a good squad. I like Vermont. Um, you know, a little bit of a bigger body. They're not as fast, but they're, they're going to knock you off the puck. Um, but it's like you said, you don't want to sleep on on some of these schools, um, you know, that aren't Boston College and Boston University. Um, I'm excited for hockey. Um, if I had to pick, though, I, I, you know, just from like what I've been reading and, you know, how last weekend, you know, shaped up, it's hard not to pick Boston College or BU right now as the, as the front runner for hockey East this year. I mean, what are you thinking? I'm right there with you. Also, I looked up a little bit of little bit of history on this rivalry, known as the Green Line rivalry, um, also known as the B Line rivalry, according to Wikipedia. Um, the first game was played February 6, nineteen eighteen. Jesus, <laughs> for, for for the people in college hockey, they're going to listen to this podcast. If you don't know this, Tony's going to he's my he's my definitely my uh, my history guy, my fact check guy. Uh, this guy's going to bring us uh, some fun facts this year facts that I will not know probably you might not even know too that's oh I mean wow I mean that's that's a huge rivalry um that dates back a long time and let me tell you uh yeah I can't speak for the years that I wasn't alive but the years I've been alive man has it been uh, a fun rivalry to watch and you know you just look at the names that come out of that school I mean most recently Kevin Hayes Jack Eichel uh Johnny Gaudreau I mean that that's just you know, a small, small percentage of the kids that are coming out from BCBU to come play pro hockey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Massachusetts, I, I read a, I read a stat earlier today that in college hockey right now, Massachusetts has the most players and then Michigan's right after it. So yeah, and I'm sure Minnesota, Minnesota's probably next. So the three M's again. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. This the amount of kids that were, that are just coming out from these, I mean, just these three states, just pumping out, going to the college hockey. And I mean, this is where, you know, what we're making college hockey great here is the amount of kids, not just from those three states, but all, you know, across the board to come out and play college hockey. Um, you know, just seeing every year that percentage go up and up. And then you're seeing that percentage in the pros go up that are college hockey players. It's awesome to see, um, you know, something that I wanted to touch base on earlier was, you know, college hockey, I think, got a bad rap uh, for a little bit of a time early on in the um, years ago. You know, it wasn't as competitive. Kids wanted to play juniors, whatever. College hockey is, is for real. Um, these kids come out here, they get these coaches. I mean, we got legendary coaches in college hockey, uh, not to – break away from talking about hockey east here but college hockey coaches get these kids ready for the pros my opinion um yeah i think they get them ready physically mentally um you know we it's you're not playing every day like you might play in juniors you're playing friday saturdays the occasional tuesday game (laughs) which i think some of us don't like but it happens um, so they're not playing every day, but the, but man, I mean, these kids that come out of college to go play pro hockey, I mean, Tony, let me correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem like they're ready to go right out the gate, whether it's at the ECHL level, AHL, or even the NHL or overseas. I mean, these kids are coming out ready to play. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, and it's just becoming a more and more common route to go. I think 
when you see kids that are you're growing up and you're watching some of your favorite players, you know, whether that the older guys, it's crazy that I'm saying older now, but Zach Parise or Duncan Keith or um, or Jonathan Taves or younger guys like Johnny Goudreau or Jack Eichel, who all now Kale McCarr, who have all come the college route and seen the success that guys can have. Um, I, I think it's definitely helping the college game. Um, and I think that just the overall growth of hockey in America um, is, is a good thing for the college game. And you're seeing a lot more Canadians come down. You're seeing a lot more Finns, a lot more Swedes coming over and playing the college route, which wasn't as common 10, 15 years ago. So I think that only leads to good things for college hockey. And like you mentioned before, with the success that Arizona State and Penn State have had, I think that immediate jump is is showing growth as well. That only helps. You know, you figure you have a southwestern United States team having success immediately. You have a team like Penn State um, jumping in and having success immediately. You just hope that expands college hockey to more and more teams. No, I definitely agree. And, and you know, to, to just touch on that point, I mean, um, kind of a, you know, just a quirk that I like to think about. I mean, when you watch an NHL game on NBC, I mean, NBC, uh, you know, with Doc Emmerich and Eddie O, um, it, it's global. And, you know, I always laugh. Doc Emmerich knows these kids where they come from college. I mean, do you think that, you know, when these kids, these younger kids that hear those, watch those games, oh, man, I mean, that kid played for, you know, uh, you know, Bemidji State. That kid played for Denver. I mean, I mean, you think, man, these, these kids that are watching those games, they're seeing their idols. Doc Emmerich's mentioning the, the college. Now these kids are going to get, hey, I want to go play college hockey. Um, and then kudos to the, to the coaching staff. Um, like you said, I mean, we're getting a lot more kids out from overseas coming out to the U.S. to play college hockey. Uh, and that just speaks volumes to the, uh, the scouting process. I mean, these kids are coming from overseas maybe to play some juniors out in Canada or somewhere. Um, so maybe it's a little bit easier to scout them, but you know, who knows, maybe they're scouting overseas too. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but you know, that percentage, like you said, is going up for, for European players to come here and play college hockey. Um, and that just speaks to the volume of, of how competitive college hockey is getting, uh, you so, know, in, in, in route to the pros. So I just, I just pulled up a graph. Um, I'm not sure when I want to say, yeah, this is 2019. Um, it comes from Hawk, College Hockey Inc., so they have a lot of good stuff. So if you're a big college hockey fan, definitely recommend checking them out. Um, but from 2003 to 2019, we saw a growth from 21% of NHL players that were NCAA alums to now being 33%. So, so a third of the league has gone the college route. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And that, and that percentage is just going up each year. I mean, it will not be – uh, long before we're hitting 40 and 50% here, I think, um, which is just awesome to see. And like, and like you said, you know, when you see a Penn State go from a club team to uh, competing at the Division One level, um, and it took less than a year for them to be competitive, and then Arizona State, same thing, goes from a club, uh, you know, they get a year under their belt, and now last year they were, they were turning heads. I mean, they had a winning season. They were in the top 15. Um, you know, it's, you know, we're hearing the, the word that U of I is going to make the jump. U of I has always had a pretty solid uh, club team. Um, so you think, man, this is, you know, how many more club teams are out there? And there's a lot of them who are going to make the jump and let's expand college hockey and get this, uh, you know, more competitive. You know, obviously it's going to, you know, what we probably don't like to hear a little bit is, you know, it's going to kind of mess up the conferences here. But the more teams that come in, 
the more competitive we get, I think college hockey just makes it more fun for the fans to watch. Uh, so it's, it's definitely a fun topic to talk about uh, year in and year out, this, the, the expansion of college hockey and how competitive it, it gets. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. All right. So not well, to you, get off topic. You, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you're mentioning coaches, legendary coaches, NHL coaches coming to the college level and really developing. Good time to talk about the NCHC, right? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. NC, you just read my mind. That's where I was going next. I mean, let's let's not uh, let's not beat around the bush. I mean, hands down, I think the NCHC, uh, you know, and this is my opinion, has been the best college hockey conference in what the last five years, ever since maybe the start of it. Um, and you know, when it formed, when the CCHA kind of collapsed, and we had the whole reconfiguration, and this started. Um, you look at the conference, it's not big, what, eight squads, but it's eight powerful squads, Minnesota, Duluth, Nebraska, Omaha, North Dakota, Miami, Denver, Colorado College, uh, St. Cloud State, and Western Michigan. I mean, you talk about eight schools, uh, power schools right there, all in one conference. I mean, and then what, the last five national champions have been NCHC? Four, if four. four. So it's been, I mean, yep. it's hard to say the NCHC is not the best college hockey conference, at least currently. Um, but yeah, let's talk, let's talk a little NCHC hockey. Um, uh, you know, what, what are you expecting here uh, for the NCHC this year? I'm expecting the same thing that we see every single year, it seems. Um, everybody to beat up on each other. Um, this is a really good conference that if, if you honestly split a road series, you're happy. Um, that's just how good this conference is. That's how talented it is. Um, for me, I think the top two teams, I, I guess top three, probably I, you can't, you can't not pick Duluth because of the two time defending national champions. Um, they did lose four forwards from last year's teams that last year's team that put up a lot of offense, but again, they're the two time defending national champions. Um, they have one of the best players in the country in Scott Prunovich. Um, a phenomenal one of the top goalies in the country in Hunter Shepard, who to me might be my pick right now for Hobie Baker. Um, they have an outstanding team, and I'm I'm not going to pick again. I like Western Michigan as well. Um, WMU is returning a lot of players from last year. Yeah, they lost Colt Conrad. Um, I I do have my questions about goaltending. Um, I think they've got a couple good guys there, but will they will they bring it together? Um, offensively, I, I think Wade Allison, the fact that is he healthy, if he's fully healthy, you might have the best player in college hockey. Um, and then of course, of course, Denver, they're going, they lost some talent up front. Uh, Lucas Savage, Staub, they lost their goalie in Larson, but they have some incredible talent coming back to me. Those are the top three, but I mean, would it be shocking to see any of those top dogs even finish fifth or sixth with how deep this conference is? No, I is? agree. Um, you know, you nailed it right on the head. Um, what's what, what I think is fun about the NCHC is the amount of teams. I mean, like I said, it's an eight-team conference. And of those eight teams, I think we got six in the top 20 and, what, four or five in the top 10. I mean, it's crazy to think the amount of talent that comes out of this conference Uh but I mean, you 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 know you nailed it right on the head. Um, you know my top squads here uh, that I think it's like you said. How do you pick against UMD right now? Um, I mean, back to back champs. Um, they're they're just gonna keep it rolling. I mean, they didn't. I don't think they're gonna 
lose a lot because they got more talent coming in from the freshman and sophomore level. Um, so they're going to be another team. I mean, they, can we say three-peat? I mean, they can make a run for it. Um, North Dakota, always a solid squad. Um, you know, Coach Barry's, you know, even after Hackstall left, just kept the kept the train going, and he's never let it stop. Um, and they're always a team out there, a top-ten team. St. Cloud, uh, the team, you know, it's it kind of similar to Wisconsin, uh, in my opinion. They're great offensively, but defensively, there's always a hiccup here and there. Uh, so I'm looking for them. They got a solid goaltending. Uh, so I'm looking for them to kind of, you know, get that defense, you know, to a more consistent level. They're, it's it's clear they can put the puck behind the net. I mean, they got a great power play, great offense in the zone. I mean, their puck movement is lights out, uh, tic-tac-toe. Um, they're a hard offense to stop. Uh, Denver, again, you know, a, a former champion, um, you know, Coach Carl down there. He is, same thing with North Dakota. Uh, you know, he's got it going even after the, the departure of the former coach here, Dallas Stars coach uh, now, hopefully going to get that thing going down there in Dallas, um, you know. <laughs> um, but Denver, another squad, um, but he, a squad that's been really turning around, turned it around last year, Colorado College. Uh, coach Havlin's got that team going. They got them believing. Um, and I think it really kind of ends and starts this season with, knocking Western Michigan out of the playoffs last year in uh in the NCHC playoffs with the with the, the three game series uh beating them at Lawson Arena um you know and you like you said Western Michigan a team that can come out here and and really beat you up but like who in this conference can't beat you up I mean it's a it's a physical conference but you know it's like you said we lost a lot of talent but they're bringing back a lot I mean I was reading an article that the reason that DiPietro Allison and some of these other seniors came back was because they're pissed off when that Colorado college series. And I don't blame them because Western Michigan should have came into that series and, and won, but you know, they did not, they came out flat and, and ended up losing. Um, so they think they have unfinished business. Western Michigan is definitely a team that can compete for the frozen four. Um, it's like you said, goaltending right now, uh, they got a freshman and that, uh, and we've seen in years past Coach Murray do this. He's either rotated goaltenders or he's stuck with one guy year round. Uh, so it's interesting to see how's he going to play it this year. He's got the freshman Busey in there right now. Uh, he looked solid last weekend uh, in the uh, Icebreaker Challenge down in, uh, I believe it was Toledo. Um, so, you know, it will be interesting to see. Is he going to ride out bus, uh, Busey this year or does he go to uh, senior, uh, you know, Blacker who – uh, you know, had a solid freshman year, but just never could really repeat that uh, the last two seasons. Um, a team, though, that's going to be a sleeper for me in the NCHC would be Miami. Uh, Rico Blasi finally, uh, or, you know, I shouldn't say finally, but is no longer with the squad, uh, let go after, what, 20-plus years of coaching and playing. Um, you know, really built – a program, a, uh, just a award-winning program there. Um, so definitely, definitely odd not seeing him behind the bench. But, uh, you know, Miami still got players on that roster that that can come out in, and, like you said, split a weekend and you're happy in NCAC hockey. So Miami, a sleeper team out there. I think they're going to finish towards the end, unfortunately, this year. Um, I'm never, never high on teams finishing – uh, at the top with new coaching staff. Um, 
But, you know, certain squats have proven me wrong in the past based on that. But uh, in this conference, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, I think my uh, Duluth or Denver is going to be my top dog here. Uh, but it's like you said, you can't be shocked for one of these squats to finish. You know, one could be finished in fifth. So um, NCHC hockey is going to be fun to watch this year, definitely. So I, I, I pulled up the rankings uh, through USCHO. Denver is one. Duluth is three. Um, St. Cloud is 11. Western is 14. North Dakota 16. And then Colorado College and Omaha are both receiving Yeah, votes. so I mean, we're, so, we're almost seven schools into the, in the top 20 here. Um, so, I mean, that just speaks volumes right off the bat. I mean, we got legendary coaches in this conference, uh, legendary programs. Uh, it, this is what, you know, the NC, I think this is what the goal of the NCHC was and they definitely have succeeded. And, you know, it's definitely going to be a fun ride to see who kind of finishes on top in the NCHC this year. Uh, just like the other conferences. I mean, it's wide open. Uh, so let's, let's kind of transition here. I think we got only two conferences left. Well, let's talk a little Atlantic hockey here. Uh, you know, kind of like on the ECAC level, my opinion, it's a little under the radar, just because we're not talking these power schools uh, in the Michigan, uh, Minnesota, Boston College, and so forth like that. But, I mean, we still got a lot of good squads out here, uh, like every other conference, um, you know, right off the bat. So, I mean, Atlanta hockey. Tony, what are we looking at in Atlanta hockey this year? I mean, it's it's really tough for me not to pick American International to to win this conference. They had a nice run in the tournament, upsetting St. Cloud, the number one overall seed. Um, they return about 89% of their scoring from last year. Fun fact, they were, I believe, the first team in seven or eight years to win both the regular season and conference tournament um, ter- tournament title. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah. a cool little stat. Um, there, it just shows how, and which is why, could I guess could make me a little concerned picking them is the fact that we don't consistently see the same teams coming up from – the Atlantic Hockey Association into the NCAA tournament. It seems like there's a new squad every year. Um, I think the two big ones that are going to compete this year for for it are Niagara and Bentley. Um, but Mercyhurst had a really good opening weekend defeating defeating uh, Arizona State. So, I mean, we could see some good teams. I, I don't think they're quite at the ECAC's level um, as far as their overall talent, but they have some really good teams here that I think can make some noise. Um, I want to say it was for the last five years, an AHA team has um, won a the first round tournament well, game. So they they definitely make some noise when they get. In no, the I agree. Um, you got you got any uh, pick picks here for the for Atlanta hockey? I mean, who who's your go to? You I mean, said eight. I'm going with them. AIC. AIC. I mean, I. Um, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, you're 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 oh. spot on here. I mean, when we get to the tournament, it's a different team every year. Um, you know, like you said, Niagara, uh, AIC, Mercyhurst, um, schools that, you know, two schools that I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing in the Atlantic hockey, uh, conference here, Canisius and Air Force. I mean, Air Force the last two years, I think has either made a run or has gotten into, uh, into the tournament here, I believe two years ago, I think they even knocked off Western Michigan in the first round. Um, Air and they came yeah, in as Air a Force is a good squad. Um, you know, they, they do move the puck well. Uh, they play a solid defensive game. Um, their goaltending, you know, I'm a little shaky on in years past. You know, we'll see if they can make that a strong point this year. 
but you know, you know, Air Force. I, if I had to make a pick, I, you know, I think I'm going to go with Air Force on this Atlantic hockey. But it's like you said. I mean, we got a lot of good squads. Army had a good weekend last weekend, I think, um, and they got a couple returning guys. You know, point wise, that uh, you know that will light the lamp for them this year. Um, you know, like you said, Bentley's a good squad. Uh, don't sleep on Holy Cross. Uh, Robert Morris will will give a run in RIT Sacred Heart. Um, you know, Atlantic hockey will be competitive within the conference. It's just going to be a matter of which one of these schools is coming out on top in the Atlantic hockey and is going to make that run into the frozen four. Uh, Cause one, when one of these teams gets into the frozen four and maybe we'll see multiple this year, not just one, but they're going to, they make a run and they make you work for it in the first round. Like we saw two years ago against Western Michigan um, Atlantic hockey will, will be a solid conference this year. One thing I think, especially with having a team like American who does have, high hopes, um, a lot of people do for them, is if they have a really good year, that could be a concerning thing for a lot of these these more power, I guess, conferences. It's not that that's really a thing in college hockey, but if you're a bubble team and you see American ahead of you and then they lose in the conference tournament, that your bubble spot yeah. could be gone. So that, that that's definitely something to keep, it, keep a look on. No, I agree. Um, if I had to really pick a sleeper here, though, for me, um, I think Canisius uh, can come out here. I know in years past, they're not a consistent team that we see, you know, stay at the top here, but they do make a run here every once in a while. Um, so I'm looking at Canisius here to to be my kind of my sleeper here, but I, I am like an Air Force this year. Um, like I said, uh, you got AIC. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Atlantic hockey though, um, you know, like I said, they're not at the same caliber as maybe some of these other schools or conferences. But they got they got teams they got players, um, and you know don't sleep on them come come tournament time at the end of the year uh, that we can see them make a run. Uh, well, and and it's like too when you look at college basketball and you see some of these teams where they do have senior laden teams that can go out there and they have that great chemistry and they can they can be scary. I agree, and I think that's really kind of just loops into what we're talking about today in this in our, in our show here, uh, the use the competitiveness of the whole college hockey universe um, when you got schools that aren't in the big 10 hockey East or NCHC and even the WCHA. Um, but you got teams in ECAC and Atlantic hockey competing. This, this is where we're seeing the, you know, the evolution and the growth in college hockey to get out of these. And I've been saying power schools because I'm still stuck in college football um, because we don't really have power. I mean, we don't label it, but that way, but I mean, essentially that's what we have. And it's just fun to see, you know, we're getting more talent into some of these non-traditional uh, power hockey schools, uh, you know, competing out here every, every year. So it's, it's going to be fun to see, um, you know, who comes up on top for Atlanta hockey this year and who gets in the tournament. Uh, cool. Uh New ruler in the Atlantic, they are the first East Coast school or East Coast conference to implement the five v five overtime and then shoot. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, so they're they're going so, full so squads. Yeah. So they're gonna do. Um, if you get the goal in in overtime, you'll get three points for the weekend. Um, if you go to overtime and then you go to the shootout, you win the shootout, you get two. If you lose the shootout, you get one. So it's very similar scoring to what I know they have in the yeah. NCHC. I mean, let's let's just make that point here right now for some of the people that might not know. In, in college hockey, not every conference uh, overtime and, and certain rules 
um, are, you know, just shade a little differently, I think, when we get to the overtime and shootout rules. Um, so not every conference is the same. Um, everyone does it a little bit differently. Um, we will definitely be touching base on that more and more as we get into the season. But, um, you know, in, in years, in the recent years, we've seen a lot of development, you know, and I think we've been adapting more to the uh, professional hockey with the three on three. I think, you know, that makes a, a lot of fun. I want to see more college hockey conferences adapt to that. I know NCHC is one of them. Um, so, you know, Atlanta hockey, five on five is nothing wrong uh, with, with five on five overtime. Uh, I'm a big fan of the three on three, but, you know, like I said, every, every conference is different, how, how they manage that, but it, it's fun all around. No doubt. All right, no let's doubt. just swing here to our last conference here. Uh, our probably what one of our older conferences, uh, good old WCHA. Um, WCHA, uh, another strong conference here, uh, like an NCHC and a Hockey East. Um, you know, we got we got good squads here. Uh, Minnesota State always a good run. Uh, Bowling Green. Um, don't sleep on the Alaskas, and hey, don't even sleep on Alabama Huntsville. Yeah, I, I did say that for the for the non traditional uh, college hockey fan, Alabama Huntsville. Uh, Tony, what are we looking at for WCHA hockey this year? Again, this is another one that I have a very tough time picking against the top dog, Minnesota State. Minnesota State not only is getting probably to me the best team in the WCHA, they are one of the best teams in the country. Um, they're a good all-around team. I think it's it's going to they're I, to me their heads above the rest of the conference. But again, call it or hockey is a is a funky game. Um, Bowling Green they slipped up a little bit last weekend um, in the icebreaker, but you know what? They're a good team. I like both of the Michigan schools. Maybe that's a little bit a little bit of youper bias <laughs> for me, um, but I can never cheer against uh, those Huskies up in Houghton or uh, or Northern Michigan. So. Um, there's there's definitely some talent there. I like I like the regional piece with a lot of the Minnesota schools and and the UP schools up there. Um, but yeah, Minnesota State to me is is the class of that conference. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, the one thing I've always loved about the the new WCHA is you kind of get half the WCHA and half the CCHA. Um, and you know, I miss the CCHA. The CCHA. I think a lot of people know that. I was always a big supporter of the CCHA. And will always be. I love the college hockey conferences we have now, but I thought the CCHA was was fun to watch. Um, but it, you know, you hit it right on the head. I mean, how do you not pick Minnesota State? I mean, year in and year out, they just been flat out playing. Um, I mean, that offense is just as solid as any offense out there. Um, falling short every year in the tournament uh, for uh, a title run, um, but you know, they, they may they they got a run in them. And you know, what what does it say that they won't? They won't make it this year. Um, they got a solid, solid offense, solid defense. I mean, it's just a solid game on the ice all the way around. Um, one of the best puck-moving teams I think I've ever seen uh, in recent years. Um, but it's like you said, there, there are teams that can kind of shock you here. Um, if, I, if I really had to pick a team, it, it would be Bowling Green or one of the – you know, I'd probably pick one of the Alaska schools. Uh, don't sleep on the Alaska schools. Uh you know, I know the traveling sucks when you have to go out there, especially if you're from the east side and you got to travel all the way to Alaska. Uh, you know, that travel time can be wearing on on the on the kids there. Um, but those Alaska schools, they can play hockey. Um, and same with even Alabama Huntsville, they will they will turn churn out some wins down south. Uh, don't sleep on them. Um, 
you know, we when you put Alabama, you're thinking Nick Saban and and roll tie, but no, in Huntsville, they got hockey, um, and and they're you know they got a squad that you know will split some weekends here, um, but you know I'm with you here. The Michigan schools can can make a run here. Um, I like Northern Michigan. Um, not a fast team, um, but they can kind of push you around a little bit. Um, so I do like them. Fair State has had great teams in the past. We know this from the CCHA days. Um, and they just in recent years, they've just kind of gone on the decline a little bit. Not really sure why. Um, you know, want to see them maybe try to bounce back here um, this season and make a run for the WCHA uh, come playoff time um, because we know that we know they're capable of putting a good squad together. We've got a lot of good names that have come out there from the past. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Fair State churns out this year. Um, Bemidji State, a solid squad. Lake Superior State, we remember the CCHA. They used to compete. Um, so don't sleep on them as well. But, you know, it's like you said, how do you not pick Minnesota State for this conference? Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I want to bring up is they do have a lot of – I looked at the preseason awards for the WCHA. I mean, when you look at the all-WCHA team, Mark Michaelis, Parker Toomey, Dryden McKay, all um, WCHA first-team preseason selections – Mark Michaelis is preseason player of the year and then Nathan Smith rookie of the year. So they got a lot of awards there. And I think the media and the coaches feel the same way that you and I yeah, do. Well. No doubt. No doubt. Um, the WCHA is going to be a fun conference this year to see, to watch just like the rest of them. Um, but uh, you know, let's, we'll see how this turns out. You know, any one, any one of these schools, not Minnesota state can, can finish at the top. So it'll be fun to watch, uh, watch them, how that, how that turns out this year. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Go, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say one, one thing I want to talk about when we're done with the men's game is the women's game. Oh, a little definitely. Bit here. Um, um, as, as Matt knows, I'm a huge Wisconsin Badger women's hockey fan. Um, as a former season ticket holder. Um, so still living in the glory of the national championship last year. Um, but women's college hockey, especially after what the U S women did, in the Olympics a couple years back, I think it's going to be something that, that grows. Well, we talked a lot about the parody in, in the men's game right now. We don't quite see that at this point in the women's game yet, but I think that's coming. I think that's coming. Um, looking at it right now, the uh, teams from the WCHA seem to be kind of controlling things at the beginning of this year. Of course, Northeastern, Clarkson, Cornell, Princeton, Boston College also throw in there, but really those – the teams I mentioned in the WCHA is really where it's at. But a couple cool things I want to mention with the women's game right now. Um, Mark Johnson, former U.S. Uh, hockey player for the Miracle on Ice. He is the, he's been at the head coach uh, at the University of Wisconsin um, for the women's team for a while now. He just recently, this past weekend, got his 500th career oh, win. Wow. So congratulations yeah, to Mark Johnson, um, an in incredible guy, an incredible coach, um, an incredible hockey family that he comes from. Um, and then another really cool moment, and maybe we'll uh, once we get the Twitter up and running, we'll we'll retweet it. Um, there's a junior on Wisconsin's team, Maddie Posick. She scored her first career goal as a Badger this weekend. Um, she didn't really play a whole lot of freshman sophomore year, um, especially considering what those teams were. Probably a lot of teams in the country, she would have been a top six forward, but it's tough when you're when you're in a line with a bunch of Olympians. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but. The game was on Fox Sports Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin 
announcer who usually does the men's games will cover a few women's games. It was her dad. Oh, nice. So it was a really cool, emotional. They've been on kind of a, a media kick recently, but um, we'll definitely post that to the Twitter and let everyone see um, a really cool moment of a dad getting to call his daughter's first college oh, yeah. goal. No, that's definitely cool. Uh, congrats to her. Congrats to Mark Johnson out there. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, women's women's hockey just keeps on growing. Um, and, you know, the uh, Olympics, um, you know, Team USA, Team Canada, really driving that. Um, you know, when you have, like, names like Hillary Knight, Amanda Kessel, I mean, the list keeps growing. Uh, co- women's college hockey, it grows with it. Um, and I don't watch it as in-depth as I know you do. Um, but when I see it on, I do watch it. Um, and it's exciting hockey. If you're not watching women's college hockey, go ahead and turn that on. You're going to watch fun hockey, fun, fast, uh, good old hockey. Uh, just high caliber all, all the way around from, you know, the number one school to whatever. I mean, I mean how many women's programs do we got this uh, going in this year, Tony? I'm not sure. Oh, I can look, I can look yeah. the number up. Um, but, but yeah, it's, and I've always said, um, watching it in person. And if, if you're a true hockey fan, you'll love women's college hockey. You'll love women's hockey in general because it is hockey. It's, it's the skill involved. Um, there isn't as much hitting um, as hitting isn't allowed in the game, no checking and things like that, but it's a very skillful game and a lot of fun to watch. Um, this season, I, it, one thing I want to call out here about the actual season that's going on is, so, uh, you're going to see, I'm a little bit biased towards Wisconsin. I'll try to keep that bias away. Um, but I follow them a lot more closely than a lot of other schools. They lost an incredible group of, a group of ladies from their team last year, their top two defend, uh, defenders in, uh, Maddie Rolfus and uh, Michaela Gardner. They lost some great forwards up front. Um, Annie Pankowski, who is arguably one of the best women hockey players in the world. Um, she was, I want to say, the last one cut from the U.S. Olympic team. And it, to me, it's debatable if she should have been cut even. Um, they had um, Emily Clark, who was on the Canadian team. Sophia Shaver, who's going to the women's camp coming up soon. Um, Sam Kogan, a really, really good group of seniors. They haven't missed a beat. Um, Daryl Watts, who won the Patty Casimir Award uh, two years ago as a freshman at BC, this summer transferred to Wisconsin and has just been lighting the lamp and might very well win the Patty Casimir Award again um, as a junior. She currently has 18 points in six games. Wow. So, um, yeah, the top, the top three scorers in the country all come from Wisconsin with Daryl Watts at 18, Abby Rock, who's probably the second best player in the country, if not the best with 14, and then Sophie Shirley with 14. So it's, it's, it's an incredible yeah, team. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you know, we're going to definitely get to keep tabs on women's hockey this year with the men. Uh, so we're going to definitely bring you uh, the same insight as we can with women's college hockey. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a fun ride. Um, like, like you said, uh, women's college hockey doesn't have a lot of hitting. Um, which makes that, at least my opinion, a little bit more fun to watch because it becomes a strategic game. I mean, how are they breaking the zone? Um, you know, how are they getting the puck off the off their defender? And then, more importantly, when you're in the offensive zone, uh, puck movement, uh, you know, tic-tac-toe, how are we getting the puck in the net? Um, you know, it becomes a very skillful game in the women's side that I do enjoy watching uh, versus the men. Um, and it 
it really kind of breaks it down for you a little bit better, uh, my opinion, on what to, you know, what to expect when you're in the offensive zone or defensive zone. Um, it's definitely fun hockey, like you said. If you're not watching college hockey or college women's hockey, go and watch a game. Uh, you won't be disappointed, um, especially from these top-tier teams. Um, but I think all the schools uh, do bring a good caliber uh, for the women's college hockey all the way around. So it'll be fun to see uh, if anybody can knock off uh, Tony's precious Wisconsin this year. Yeah, we'll see. I think the the top two dogs definitely have to be Wisconsin and Minnesota so far, and you can never sleep on yeah, Clarkson. Uh, so. two, you know, three big schools right there, Minnesota and Wisconsin, nice little rivalry. So that will be fun to watch. Um, you know, when that when that weekend comes, we're definitely going to – I'm definitely going to keep tabs on that, hopefully try to get, get that streaming over here on my end uh, so we can talk about that here on the podcast coming up this season. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be fun this year. Uh, Tony, let's just swing it here one last time. Uh, you know, one last team we got to talk about, and that's Arizona State at the independent level. Um, you know, what are we expecting from Arizona State this year? You know, they they had a lot of high expectations, I think, from the beginning, but um, had, had struggled a little bit the first week. But I think this is going to be a team. They returned some good guys. Um, we'll we'll see how they rebound. That's always tough when you don't have a conference when you're just kind of getting those non-conference games and not really being able to get familiarity with your opponents. But um, I'm excited to see what, what Arizona state does this year. No doubt. Um, yeah. A little different than Penn state. Penn state came in from the club level and was able to jump into a conference, obviously right away in the big 10 different for Arizona state um, out West. Um, no conference really, at least at the time being to jump into. Um, so they, they've been at the independent level. What is this? Their, I believe their third season now. Um, but you know, Last year, expectations probably weren't as high, and they came out firing on all cylinders, and I think they shocked a lot of teams out there. I think this season they came in with a little bit of higher expectations. It's like you said, a slower start for them. Um, but I'm intrigued to see how this plays out for them this year. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be playing some schools they didn't play last year that they got on the schedule. So that will be fun um, to see some of these schools that get to go out to uh, – to Tempe to go play and, and vice versa, come out to the, some of the barns out here in the Midwest and the East uh, for Arizona state. Um, you know, just going through the roster real quick. I mean, you know, we hear, we if you if you listen to spit and chicklets, you've heard the name Johnny Walker before uh, dudes lighting the lamp again this year. Uh, what I think has about six points already in what four games uh, or two games, something like that. Um, Going through this roster, though, they don't bring in a lot of fr- you know not as many freshmen as I would would anticipate. Um, they they looks like they are leaning heavily on juniors and seniors and some sophomores here this year. So you know, uh, you know, we do got guys from last year that they they know what's expecting uh, coming in this season. So I mean, are the expectations too high? Hopefully not. Uh, what's concerning for me is the goaltending. Uh, they got sophomore, a freshman, a senior. Um, it looks like they were starting out strong with the sophomore. He just hasn't been what they've expected, at least right out the gate. Um, so I don't know if they're going to start turning towards the freshman in Justin Robbins or uh, Max Prozvik. I probably just butchered that last name, the senior. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, goaltending is, you know, in college hockey, you got to have solid goaltending uh, if you want to make a good run here. Um so uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, like I said, Johnny Walker's lighting the lamp again. Um, uh, you know, he's got James Sanchez out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this uh, 
this squad turns around, um, but not a squad that you want to sleep on this year at all by any means. Um, they they are a fast team that will come out and they're gonna they're gonna try to light the lamp on you. Um, so these schools that haven't played Arizona State yet, you know, get ready. I mean, Arizona State's not afraid to mix it up with some of these schools that've been around for years. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, so I mean, we so we just touched base on all the squads here. I mean, Tony, you got any last final thoughts here before we kind of sign off here? Not really. I'm I'm really excited to see what this year is going to bring. I know this week we already have a couple big matchups that I wanted to call out. Um, UMD travels to Wisconsin, play at the Kohl Center this weekend. Um, North Dakota um, will play Minnesota State. WMU and Bowling Green, a little old CCHA action. Um, BC at Denver, which I mean, probably the, the series of the week, um, Northern Michigan at BU and then Providence at Clarkson. So we definitely have some really, really good, um, mostly non-conference matchups this, this no, week. No, I agree. Uh, one that I'm anticipating or, you know, anticipating a, a solid game, North Dakota, Minnesota state, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, that's going to be a lot of offense. Um, like you said, we got a good old CCHA rivalry, Bowling Green, Western Michigan, one of those home and homes that we miss so much that we don't get to see as often. A um, lot of great matchups coming up this week. Uh, I think that's what I've always liked about college hockey, kind of like football. We're starting off the year with these non-conference teams right off the gate. Um, some old rivalries, some new ones that are building. Um Arizona State's at Air Force this this weekend. That should be a fun fun matchup right there. Two solid squads. So, uh, you know, it's like like you said, I'm excited for for not only this weekend but college hockey altogether. And that's what we're gonna bring it to you all year round. Um, we're gonna get more in depth this season um, as we the year goes on. We're gonna highlight teams um, and hopefully have some guests for you, some interviews to bring you that college hockey experience. But uh, for you know. For today, you know, that's all we got for you. And, and let's, this is going to be a fun ride this season. Absolutely. I'm excited, excited to talk college hockey with one of, my, one of my old buddies and share our knowledge with you all. And we're always open for feedback as well. Yeah, so. definitely hit us up on the Twitter, Hockey in the Classroom. That's it right there. Uh, you know, hit us up with any questions, comments. Um, and, you know, hopefully you guys are ready for this ride of college hockey this season. We appreciate you guys joining us this today. Awesome. I guess we can say class dismissed, yeah. right? <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Let's have a good one.